All right, how's everybody doing? Are you good? Everybody okay? Feeling good? Good. We're going to have people, I think, walking in, uh, but we're going to get started anyways. Uh, first of all, it's awesome to see you. I'm glad you're here today on Sunday. It's great to be at church. I'm excited for this morning. Um, get to a couple of chances to speak. It's Vision Sunday, so we'll get to open the scripture, and then um, later on you'll hear God's heart and God's vision for Hope Community Church moving forward. Um, but we're going to start right now back in our study. And right now we're in the middle of a study of John 13 through 17. It's the Upper Room Discourse. And we're calling this Love to the End. So if you have your Bible or uh, if you have a Bible app, uh, go ahead and open it up to John chapter 15. That's where we are today. John chapter 15. And uh, if you're new here today and, and you're getting caught up, in John 15, we're less than 24 hours away from the cross. And Jesus is getting ready to leave this world. And as he's doing that, he's loving his followers. He's even loving us to the very end. And that's why this series is called Love to the End. And I love our theme verse, John 13.1. I want to share it again this week. It says, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. I mean, this is, we are hours from the cross. Jesus, he knows he's leaving and it says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. And that's how God loves us. He doesn't just love us a little bit. He loves us to the utmost. He loves us to the very end. And that's what I love about Jesus and what I love about this series. But today I want to begin our time with a, a story about little Brian. And uh, little Brian, is, it's, it's the child, the legend of Little Brian, and you'll get to hear more about Little Brian in the years to come. Uh, but you know, as a kid, I actually thought everybody liked me, and um, I, as an adult, I still think that, and I know, like, you, I hope you all like me, but um, I just assume that everybody likes me. So you can imagine my, my shock and my surprise when in third grade, I found out that one of my classmates didn't, didn't like me. And uh, it was third grade, we are in the middle of class. And I think I was sharpening my pencil, and uh, a kid came up to me, and he whispers in my ear, he says, I'm going to beat you up after school. <laughs> Still remember the boy's name, Jimmy Hargrave, if you're listening. <laughs> I said, he's like, I'm going to beat you up after school. I'm like, what? Why? Why would you do that? He goes, because goes, I don't like you. Just like, the shot. I mean, how can you not like me? So the whole rest of the day, I'm not thinking, how can I win a fight against Jamie Hargrave? I'm just thinking, how could you not like me? <laughs> like, are you kidding? So, you know, the bell rings, school comes to an end, and we're all leaving the school, and Jimmy Hargrave runs up. He finds me. And he's ready to throw punches. I'm going, I don't know, what, like, what's going to happen? Well, lucky for me... Jimmy's mom pulls up in the car. She yells out, hey, Jimmy, get in the car. He's like, it's like, that's my mom. I got to go. <laughs> but I, I'm like, I had my eye on him the whole rest of the year. It's like He did not like me. And what I want to talk to us about today, and I'm going to connect this to our, our faith here for a second, believe it or not. Um, some of you are here today and you're a Christian. 
you're a follower of Jesus. And we also have people in this room every Sunday that are still trying to figure this out and trying to decide if, if they want to follow Jesus. And um, I want to say something that, that might shock you or, you know, maybe you haven't thought about a lot before. But, but the truth is, is that if you identify as a Christian in the world today, it's possible that people might hate you for that. They might criticize you. They might reject you. And I know, I know it's, it's like, how could Jimmy Hargrave not like Brian? You know, it's like, how can people not like Christians? But the truth is, and some of you know this, some of you have experienced this, if you stand for Christ in the world today, people may not like that, maybe people in your own family, and people may not like you because of it. Listen, Jesus was hated. And, and haters nailed Jesus to the cross. So what does that mean for us who are here today? That's what I want to talk about. You have your Bible. It's open to John 15. I want to read this passage. And I want us to think about, about how the world might react to us. If we truly love Jesus. This is what Jesus says in John 15, 18. John 15, 18. Jesus says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what was written in their law. They hated me without reason. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the father... He will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I've told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they're offering a service to God. Wow. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I've told you this so that when their time comes you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. All right, so let's pray. God, thanks for today. Thank you for each person that's here today. And these are strong words from Jesus to us, reminding us that there may be those who, um, who might reject us or criticize us or um, even persecute us because of our decision to follow you. And I just want to thank you, God, that you are with us and that you are strong and you give us a, a courage and a boldness to live for you. 
So God, I ask today as, as we look at these words of Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts, that you would strengthen us, embolden us to trust you and follow you. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Okay, so we're going to check this out, um, see what Jesus is saying to us. What is Jesus saying to us? I think just a couple of things, but number one, I think Jesus is saying, haters are going to hate. You know that haters are going to hate, hate, yeah. Take it away, Taylor Swift. Come on, got to sing it. I hope this is church okay. All right, that's all I got. Haters going to hate, right? Haters are going to hate. And what does Jesus say? He says, brothers and sisters, don't be surprised if the world hates you. I think we're surprised when people, when people criticize us or hate us because of our faith in Christ. And, and what Jesus is saying is don't be surprised if the world hates you. He says, if the world hates you. And these are strong words. And the truth is that Christians all around the world are being hated for their faith in Jesus Christ. And I don't know if you know this, but today, Christians are the most persecuted group around the world. Did you know that? Did you know that there's no other group in the world today that is more persecuted than Christians right now? In fact, um, just to show you some of the statistics from last year, we pull those up. Um, 600 million followers of Jesus around the world were prevented from practicing their faith last year. Last year, 90,000 Christians were killed for their faith in Christ. That is one Christian every six minutes. And every day, six Christian women are raped, sexually harassed, or forced into a marriage with a Muslim man because of their faith in Christ. Now, these are not just statistics. These are stories of real people who've given their life to Jesus and they have been persecuted and hated for that decision. But did you know that even here in the United States, that you can take some heat for following Jesus? Have you experienced that in the world today? That even here in, in the United States, we can take heat as followers of Jesus? Now, and I'm not talking today, like, look, Christians do some dumb things, right? And sometimes that criticism is deserved, and we genuinely own that. I'm talking about people who are criticized simply for their faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, I just want to share a few examples of that. We can pull this up. Uh, maybe you remember Tony Dungy. He's, he's a Christian, um, but he also does this commentary for um, NFL games and just before the Super Bowl, Tony Dungy made this comment, he said, about Nick Foles. He said, he said Nick Foles is going to play well, and he's going to be confident out there because he's a Christian. He said that on air, live, to the whole world. He's Nick Foles, he's going to play well, he's a Christian. I know what he stands for. I know where his confidence comes from. And Tony Dungy was criticized for that. You know, he's, he's paid to express his opinion, unless that opinion is Christian, and then he's criticized. Sandra Mendoza, uh, she was a nurse in the state of Illinois. And she was asked to perform, to help uh, perform an abortion. And as a Christian, she said that she, she actually declined to participate as a nurse in this procedure. And after 18 years of excellent service as a nurse, she was fired for her refusal to participate 
in this abortion. Brittany McComb. Brittany McComb uh, graduated at the top of her class. She was a high school valedictorian. And she was asked to speak uh, at graduation to 400 of her classmates. And so she's up there. She's giving her speech. And, and as she begins to share about how God had worked in her life, she began to tell her classmates, she began to say to, to high school students, she began to say, God's love for you is so great that he gave up his only son. And click, her microphone was turned off. And she was asked to leave the stage. Just for saying, God loves you. Click, escorted off. For years, uh, Brian Vincent, not welcome. <laughs> not that dramatic, but the truth is, for years as a youth pa pastor, I would go and I would visit our high school students on their high school campus. I would have lunch with students. And um, how many of you know that teenagers today need positive role models and mentors in their life? Isn't that important? And, and what's amazing is I did that for years, and I remember in 2012, um, after visiting some students at their high school campus as I was leaving, I was told by a school administrator that I was no longer welcome on a public school campus because I was a pastor. I don't understand why we're taking the positive influences from the community away from our kids. But the truth is, you know what? There are people in this world that are going to criticize us. They're not going to understand us. They're going to be afraid of us. Um, and Jesus says, don't be surprised when the world hates you in different ways. And there's, there's degrees of that. But Jesus is saying, look, expect it. And then remember, remember what Jesus said. He said, if the world hates you, Jesus says, keep in mind that it hated me first. So why does the world, what is it about Christians? What Jesus is saying is that the reason that the world reacts against us, it's because of Jesus and it's because of what he's doing in our life. In fact, I love how the Message Bible brings this out in verse 18, or the Message Translation. says, this is what Jesus says um, in the Message. If you lived on the world's terms, the world would love you as one of its own. But since I picked you to live on God's terms, and no longer on the world's terms, the world is going to hate you. If people criticize you, if they begin to make comments about your faith. Know this. It's because you have a God-sized vision for your life. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go a little off notes here. How many of you know about um, seeing uh, crabs in a bucket? You guys know about that? You see, this is, uh, you know, more of a New England thing. In Maine, they put crabs in a bucket. You know, as soon as that one crab is trying to pull himself up and get out, what do all the other crabs do? Latch on, pull him right back down. And I'm telling you guys, the moment you say, you know what, I'm going to do something positive with my life. I'm going to have a God-sized vision. I'm not going to live on the world's terms anymore. I'm done with the status quo. I'm done with mediocrity. I'm living on God's terms. I'm going to let God do something big in my life. You're going to have a bunch of crabs in a bucket trying to pull you down. Expect it. Because the world, listen, the, the reason the world is pulling us down is because they can't and they won't and they're too afraid to see what's outside that bucket. So Jesus says, if you lived on the world's terms, they'd love you. 
But now you're living on God's terms, and the world is going to hate you. And what I want to say is that we need to know this. Hatred isn't a reaction to you. Don't take it personally. It's a reaction to the Jesus inside of you. So Jesus says, verse 20, Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they'll obey yours. And they'll treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. So it's because of his name. If they persecuted Jesus, they'll persecute us. If they hated him, they did. They'll hate us. It's not a reaction to you. It's a reaction to the Jesus inside of you. Verse 22, what is it about Christ that causes such a reaction? Jesus says, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, would not be guilty of sin. As it were, they've seen and yet they've hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. So why does, why does Jesus get such a reaction? And I think it's exactly what he says in this passage. He says, if it wasn't for me, it says the world would not be guilty of sin. And so Jesus, he's going to be genuine and he's going to be real with us. And he's going to call out our sin. And he's going to take away every excuse for our sin. And he's going to say it's our sin that is causing our separation from God. And so people hate that. That, that someone would, would call them out and say, look, the truth about your life is that you've fallen short of the glory of God. And people hate him for it. But what does Jesus say? He quotes a psalm and he says, they hated me without reason. Isn't it amazing? It is hatred without reason. Because Jesus calls out the sin, and then what does he do? He dies on the cross for our sins. And he takes the hit, and he takes the punishment. And Jesus rises from the dead so we can come alive to a relationship with God. Right? He's hated, but it's hatred without reason. Because the sin he's calling out, he dies for that sin. He gives his life for that sin. That's how much Jesus loves us. He would speak truth into our life. And then he would go even to a cross out of love for us so that we could rise to a God-sized life. He gave his life for you. So what are we saying? Haters are going to hate. Expect it. Sorry, I can't bring better news. <laughs> like, haters are going to hate. So what are we going to do, church? Because it's going to happen. You're going to experience it in your life, maybe with a family member or a friend. Somebody might... They might struggle with your decision to follow Christ. So what are, what are we going to do, church? Haters are going to hate. Number two, preachers got to preach. Preachers got to preach. <laughs> Haters are going to hate, but preachers got to preach. And I'm already preaching today. I got a message to preach. And so do you. We have a voice. We have a story to tell of what God has done in our life. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been a witness to something big in your life. But it is awesome to witness something and have an opportunity to tell others about it. Last August, I was, um, I was driving from church to home. I was going down York Road. I stopped at that intersection at uh, Turwood and um, Fitzwatertown. I'm stopped there, and I see one car slam into another car right in front of me. And the car that gets hit pulls off to the Giuseppe's parking lot. 
the car that hit the other car starts heading north on York Road. I'm thinking, wow, you know, I guess, you know, they just need to find a spot to turn around and go back to uh, the scene of the accident. Well, they don't turn around. And it hits me. This is a hit and run. I'm a witness <laughs> to a hit and run. Oh, no, you don't. So my light turns green. I hit the gas. I, get, I pull up. I'm driving. I get right up behind the car. They turn left on Mill Road. And I'm right behind them. I'm picture, you know, snapping pictures and getting license plate numbers. They pull into the Sonic parking lot. I'm like, perfect. This is great. I get on the phone. I'm dialing police, you know, like, okay, Upper Moreland Police Department. I'm like, yeah, I'm a witness of a hit and run. I got pictures. I got a license plate. They're in the Sonic parking lot. I'm like, that's great, sir. Uh, give me your name and number. I'm like, Brian Vincent. And my number is I literally forgot my phone number. I was so excited. I was like, oh, oh, man. I'm like, uh, I think it begins with a two. And they're like, it's like 215, 267. Oh, yeah, yeah, 215. I'm like, 215. Uh, and then, like, I figured I'd give her my phone number. And um, she pauses. She goes, honey, are you sure about that? <laughs> That's how excited I was to be a witness. I had a story to tell. You know what? We have a story to tell. We are witnesses of the life-giving, resurrection power of Jesus Christ. He's raised us up to hope and new life. And we have a voice and we have a story and we have the opportunity to be witnesses. So yeah, haters are going to hate, but preachers, preachers, we got to preach. We got a story to tell. Listen to what Jesus says. I think sometimes we're afraid to tell the truth. But Jesus says, I'm sending help. There's an advocate that's coming. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you must also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. He's speaking of those original disciples. But first of all, do you guys see God wants to get the message out. God is at work. He's on a mission in the world, restoring humanity back to himself. And so God is the first missionary, the primary missionary. The Father sends the Son. The Father and the Son send the Spirit. And Jesus says, he, the Spirit of God, will testify. And so know this. All around us, the Spirit of God is working in people's lives to reveal Jesus. We are never the first voice in someone's life. The Spirit of God is working in your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your classmates, revealing Jesus to them. And so the Spirit of God is preaching. But who else has to preach? What does Jesus say? He will testify about me. Who else? You also must testify. Come on. Let me hear you say, I got a witness. I got a witness. Come on. I got a witness. Yes. Preachers got to preach. You have a voice. You have a story. God has given you hope. He's worked in your life. We can't hold that back. Preachers got to preach. And God's going to use you to make Jesus known around the world. But why is our witness so important? I got four minutes. John 16, 1. Jesus says, All this I've told you, so you will not fall away. Heat from people, 
cause us to fall back. And Jesus says, I don't want you to do that. He says, they'll put you out of the synagogue. That happened. That was persecution. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they're offering a service to God. Apostle Paul, before he was Paul the Apostle, was doing that. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I've told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. Let me summarize this. Jesus is saying all kinds of hate is going to come our way. Different forms, different degrees. Haters are going to hate. Sometimes, big time. But why do we got to preach? Why do preachers got to preach? Why do, we, why, do we, why do we not give up? Why don't we shut up? Listen to what Jesus says. He says, they don't know the Father or me. Does that hit you guys? Because that hit me big time this week. There are people all around us that don't know Christ. They're far from God. They don't have that hope. They're looking for something bigger in this world. A reason to live. We have that in Jesus Christ. So we can't. We don't give up. Keep sharing our story and inviting people to come to the God who loves them so much. It could be a family member, it could be a coworker, friend, a neighbor. Who do you know who needs to know Jesus Christ? I know some people, and I'm hoping they find hope this year. In a few minutes, we're going to have our vision and budget meeting. You know what our vision is for 2018? It's to make Jesus known. That's what this movement is all about. I want to make Jesus known. And we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But know this. It's going to take us, but more than that, it's going to take the Holy Spirit. And he's already gone ahead of us to testify and to bear witness in the lives of people we know and love. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to take a, a minute to transition. God, these are strong words from Jesus to those who would follow him. It's possible we're making a choice that others may, may struggle with or may not understand. You could be misunderstood, be rejected, criticized, and yet in it all, you've told us in advance. You've sent your Holy Spirit. You've given us an advocate. And Lord, we pray for those who are, who are searching for more. We ask that you would work in their hearts and you give us a courage and a boldness and a passion for you that would point to Jesus in everything we do. We love you, God. Thank you for this family. Thank you for this church. Thank you for what you're doing all around the world. We pray for those who are standing strong, our brothers and sisters in Christ, in areas where they are killed and persecuted. Strengthen our brothers and sisters to stay true to you. 
and strengthen us, God. Would we match their courage even here in Upper Moreland, Hatboro, Willow Grove, and all around the world. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen.